Hello. Hey, hey. What's up? I have a joke for you. What's the joke? Why are carpenters such good witnesses? Mm, because why? they saw because they saw everything. Oh my god, Chucks, that's so funny. <laughs> I'll be here all night. Um, so yeah, let me tell you my joke. A man says to his friend, I need to ask you a question. The friend responds, Would you cut it out? Ha ha ha. Yeah. I love that. These are both so funny because we happen to have um, these are such funny carpentry jokes because we happen to have a master carpenter and wo- world class intellectual with us on air tonight. And that is why we're so happy to introduce the wonderful Nick Cromaldi. Hey, Kat. Hey, Sam. How's it going? It's such an honor to be on Honesty with you guys tonight. Woo! Welcome, Nick. <laughs> We're so honored to be having you on this uh, Herbal Honesty podcast. Um, So I'll just give a little introduction as to how I met Nick. Um, So those of you you who may or may not know, I am obsessed with Humans of New York and really appreciate the page. I love seeing and reading the stories of people and think that they're they have so much inspiration to offer all of us and love hearing all the different stories. And one morning, I think two weeks ago, I woke up on a Saturday morning. I was in need of some inspiration during this pandemic. And then I saw Nick's story and his story just inspired me. And as someone who is interested in, you know, study political science and is interested in politics and social issues, his story really, really hit the heart. And then I decided, I gathered the courage and I decided to DM him and ask him to be a part of our podcast because I think he has so much to offer our audience and so many lessons to teach us all. So thank you so much for being on tonight. Yeah. And I'm I think so, oh, so glad, so glad that you reached out. Definitely. Of course. Would you be able to give a little bit of an introduction on? yourself and background that you think the audience yeah know? yeah so um so basically my story got featured on humans of new york and uh i think that one of the things that stood out is i kind of took a non-traditional route uh to getting into um um you know an elite IV institution but uh i'm you know had some trouble in high school bounced around community college for a while um struck up a conversation with a guy in the union and sort of over the course of several years, um, you know, started a career in carpentry, uh, got a bachelor's degree and am now uh, going to be uh, joining um, a very interesting group of people as a mid-career master's in public administration candidate at the Harvard Kennedy School of Government. Fabulous. Wow. That's awesome. Also, totally not a a major thing, but I don't know if either of you are hearing this, but do you guys hear like an echo? Because I'm not sure what that that is, but if it's me, then I want to fix it. Yeah, I've heard the feedback. Uh, Yeah. A little bit. All right, whatever. We'll we'll just continue. We'll continue. It's okay. Um, So one of the things that I know that we've discussed in our previous correspondence is that you feel that there's kind of this disconnect between 
labor, labor in academia. And that society kind of promotes the idea that these two are mutually exclusive ideas. So in your opinion, what do you think contributes to this disconnect? Uh, yeah. So a lot of what I've talked about in the insulation between labor and academia has kind of been uh, anecdotal, like my own experience uh, has, has shown me that. But I do think uh, like on a broader plane that there's more of an interest in specialization uh, and, and the workforce is kind of driving that like um, business sort of loves specialization and and one of the sort of unintended consequences of that specialization is is sort of people get grouped into one side or the other like uh, you know your your job defines you more more perhaps now than it ever has before so um you know, I didn't see people believing that, you know, you could turn a wrench and write a, you know, great research dissertation or something like that. Like, I, you know, I, I feel like that's becoming farther and farther from the r realm of possible. And, and you know, I just want to emphasize that that it is and, and people absolutely can and do um, kind of uh, exist in, in both both worlds. 100%. Yeah. I think that's an incredibly important message. And I'm really curious because I know you've, you've told us a lot from our previous correspondences about your story. And I'm wondering how and why the quote labor and academia divide motivated you to switch your path in life. Yeah. Um, so I, I've always guess I've envied people that knew exactly what they wanted to do for their career um, you know, I, either right out of high school or, or, you know, just after college or something like that, or even people that, you, you know, people that just knew what they wanted to do and they went and did it. And I struggled and kind of grappled with that idea for so long. Uh, and um, I guess I kind of was doing a traditional career as a, um, you know, as a commercial um, construction worker, a member of the United Brotherhood of Carpenters and Joiners. And, and then that bug kind of hit me again. And I, you know, thought, you know, I, I have all these other interests and this curiosity and this sense of purpose. And I, you know, I want to explore more things and, and understand more. Um, so, uh, it, you know, I, I kind of see myself pulling away more from the operations side of, you know, carpentry or um, construction and kind of you know, starting to think more about like power structure and how things connect and um, how I can try to create a more fair system or improve something or discover, um, you know, some way to connect with other great social movements to kind of drive this um, uh, idea of improving like the standards for working people. And so it, it, it kind of just happened organically. And the, the more rocks I turned over, the more I, you know, saw a need to um, pivot a little bit. I think the full circle of how you've kind of taken your philosophical and intellectual side and combined it with your construction carpentry side is really a great reflection of kind of the thicker thinker versus doer or thinker and doer um, energy that you're mm -hmm. kind of trying to, um, you know, put and put an emphasis on. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I think that there's an opportunity to learn from every single person. Like everyone in the world is better than me at doing something or understanding something. Um, and that's a learning opportunity. And so people that, you know, work traditional, um, you know, just labor type jobs are, are brilliant people and they, and they get it. And people that do research jobs um, are, are brilliant as well. And um, I just, the more that we can create like a connective tissue between the two, I, I just think the better our society will be. I just think it's, it's going to be beneficial. I can't um, put my finger on exactly how, but I, I, it's just like, I, I feel like that's the right direction for me to go. So that's where I'm drawn to. I think just listening to, you know, what you've just been saying now in our previous um, correspondence, I think that you are uniquely qualified because I, for those of you who don't know, he has had a number of experiences such as traveling the world. He went to Cambodia and just having worked as a carpenter, being part of a union, you have such a unique experience compared to someone such as myself who's only had um, more kind of in my opinion a one-dimensional experience because I had this um, exposure to a liberal arts education which is very different than what you had and I think that you know the students and the people that you're going to be in school with at the when you receive your master's in uh, public administration are going to learn so much more from you and I think that that's what our education system should work on is trying to get people who have different experiences and bring them together so yeah that's yeah i definitely agree i mean um any educational environment should you know strive to be like robust and diverse and the more opinions that you can you kind of uh and perspectives you can bring into a room certainly i think that the better off the the, the experience or the payoff is going to be for everyone yeah I agree. I think um, also kind of going off of that, I think that progress or just everyone's path isn't necessarily linear. And so when you talk about your path towards um, going on to continue your studies and getting your master's in public administration, what kind of, how do you think that your, um, your path towards the success isn't exactly linear or how do you think how do you think people can learn from your path towards this? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely have really enjoyed since the post went up the uh, the amount of people that have said like, you know, I look at your, you know, what you did and I've been inspired to do more. I, I mean, I feel like it's easy to sort of fall into uh, like a rut and, and maybe not think, maybe think, you know, maybe this is just what I'm meant to be doing. Maybe, um, you know, just go in, punch the time clock and that's fine. And there's, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like some people get a lot of satisfaction from, you know, going to work and maybe like, you know, going home and, spending time with their spouse or their kids or or maybe they're engaged with their community theater like there are there are a million pursuits um and what i'm doing is just is just one of them and i hope that by the time i'm i'm done with it that you know other people 
benefit from it in some way or another, whether it inspires them to go and pursue an education or inspires them to leave academia and go and become uh, a carpenter or a plumber, you know, whatever it is, I just, I just want, you know, would hope that, you know, people are better off having seen uh, someone do something that's a little out of the ordinary, like the non-traditional, you know, break, break the archetype uh, and, and, and experience something that they never would have thought for themselves. You know, I think that's a great result. I totally agree. I, I think, I think that, you know, like you've said, like there's stuff to learn from people, no matter like what their background is, where they've come from. There's just always so much to learn. And I think from, you know, from stuff you've said before to us, you've emphasized this kind of notion of goodness versus greatness. And I'm wondering how you think this relates to, um, you know, not only the paths that people choose from themselves for themselves, but also the power, how like, you know, um, focusing on goodness versus greatness, how that relates to your pretty clearly strong belief in the power to change. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you got to come into life with like some faith that, you know, number one, like I, I think that most people are good people and I think that most people are, are smart and um, they want to, you know, live life to the, to the fullest they want to find meaning they want to get satisfaction and um one really easy way and i think if you pulled 100 people you'd get 100 responses is like people feel good if they have an opportunity to help other people like that you know i think that's hardwired uh into us so um so when people are you know great people um and are good good people like kind to each other as well i think that's a great thing i mean what something that's come up recently uh, you know i saw it was like the only really measure of intelligence that matters at all is kindness so um you know you, you how kind you are is a, a really good barometer for like how how smart you are you know how much you really get it um i think people that that get it are you know, good kind people. And, and so to be around more people like that, um, I, you know, I jump at the opportunity anytime. I think there's a lot of people like that in academia. And I think there's a lot of people like that in labor. Um, and if I can, um, make some introductions and, and build some bridges, then I think that's a, a really worthwhile pursuit. I think it's also really interesting how, like, from just basic ways that were kind of graded on things in life that like normally the phrase like good is sort of lesser than great but when you think of greatness as like success and goodness is like literally just being a good person I think goodness really outweighs like you know success like just like you said like being Mm -hmm. a nice human being and learning from people and being intentionally curious and I just think it's funny how like when we think of you know scales from middle school or like you know great grades on pieces of papers that like you know, if you saw a good at the top of your paper versus a great, that great would actually be kind of better. Whereas like, you know, like I just said, like when you think of greatness as success, I, I won't be redundant. But yeah, that's that's the point. That yeah, I yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think um, kind of going off your point, talking about um, the idea of quality versus quantity. I know we kind of talked about this before is 
uh, I mean, just from what I observe, I think our education system and our societies, our societies as a whole really prioritizes uh, quantity over quality, in my opinion. And so I think in terms of what you're talking about, you're trying to, it really seems like you're really trying to achieve quality because you are bridging this gap between um, being a carpenter, but also the world of academia. And so you're showing people that you don't just have to be really good at one thing. You can be good at a multitude of things. And find a lot of, so and find a lot of meaning, like quality wise, like just find a lot of meaning in what you're getting out of it versus like actually mm-hmm. having to have a lot of different things like on your, you know, or having a, accomplished all these different things, but just finding meaning in like the specific things that are important to you that make you feel good, you know? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that, that um, like part of part of the story um, was kind of, there was kind of like this moment where um, I was around three years ago, I, I finished reading uh, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And I was really, I was like, became fascinated with the idea of quality. Um, I, I kind of, it stimulated this need for like higher answers um, where, you know, I, um, even though I, I'm a spiritual person, I, I ended up kind of pursuit, like looking for, uh, looking to philosophy and looking to different philosophers. And I, I got fascinated um, with this uh, idea, this like um, ancient Greek uh, idea of arete. Um, and we don't, we don't really have a, like a perfect um, translation in English for it, but it's like virtue or excellence. And I started looking for ways that I could be better or, you know, excellent or, or, or do more. And, um, and it kind of led me to this path that kind of runs uh, against the idea of like specialization. It actually made me like want to pursue more um, ideas and live like a fuller life and understand, you know, more than I did. And um, I, I think it's been, it's been healthy for me. I've, I've been really happy to explore that, but you know, some people are, you know, some people's uh, disposition or, or the, you know, they just like love to be like an expert in one thing. And I think that that's fine. And there's mm-hmm. a, a great opportunity to learn from that. Um, f- for me, I, I struggle to master anything. I just kind of like, like to understand things and then move on. And, and so this mm-hmm. has been, it's been healthy for, for me. Yeah, no, I think it, it's probably on personal basis too. But I do think that I just enjoy hearing about your take on just becoming more virtuous as an individual. And I think that that's something we've lost as a society, in my opinion. I just think that we don't value virtue as much as we should. So I think you're a perfect example of someone trying to attain virtue. Um, so, yeah, going off of that. So what would you what do you plan on achieving or doing with your MPA? What are your long-term goals with this? Yeah. So one, one great opportunity is that um, kind of like the foundation that I understand that, uh, that the Kennedy school is kind of built upon is like, let's bring people that want to change the world for the better. Uh, Let's put them together in in a room or in a building or in a place and and kind of like see what happens and and so what i'm excited about is offering a labor perspective 
uh, and mm-hmm. searching for intersectionality um, with other social movements and causes, not just in the United States, but around the world, whether it be people that are sourcing water um, in sub-Saharan Africa or, you know, you know, fighting uh, disease, uh, uh, you know, health issues. Uh, I, th- I think that labor plays a role in, in so much of our lives and we take for granted a little bit like just what it means to like you know okay you go to work to get money but um it's how we spend like like most of our waking hours um especially in the united states where the work-life balance is kind of skewed more mm-hmm. towards work um, than life so um yeah, I, yeah I, i'm i'm excited to kind of reignite the uh, like vintage American labor movement that in, involved like all facets of life, all walks of life, not just the members of specific organizations, but like how can we, uh, you know, this create a tide that that will raise all ships and and benefit all people, and and so that is the spirit that I'll be approaching this education with, and really just trying to listen and come away with you know new perspectives and and figure out what the next chapter will be i just had a major throwback when you said intersectionality because it reminded me of my a sophomore year literature class that i took in college where we talked all about bell hooks and intersectionality and i remember i remember like that being like an awakening like oh my gosh this is important (laughs) (laughs) But another important thing I wanted to say was that, well, no, I won't call myself important, but I had a question that I really wanted to ask you because I'm kind of coming at this in a humorous way because I just think that um, YouTube, like how-to videos on YouTube are always kind of like great, but a little comedic. And so anyway, my question for you is if you were leading a YouTube a how-to YouTube video for the question or for the idea of defying social constructs that so fu- that society deems to be legitimate. What would be like three-ish things that you would say in that how-to YouTube video? Oh yeah, oh, great question. So, uh, I first I would say that you know anyone that challenged a mainstream belief and you know and today is considered right. You know whether it's like Einstein's theory of relativity or anything else like they had to go against the prevailing, you know, idea of of what was correct or what was right. So if you feel like you're running against the grain of everything else, um, you you could be on to something, um, something that's huge and, and you should really lean into that and, and trust your gut. Um, Another thing that, that I'm reminded of uh, another point to, to this is, is a, it's a Nietzsche quote, quote, I believe it's attributed to him, but it was like, um, those who danced were, were deemed um, insane by those who could not hear the music. So if you're hearing the music or, you, you know, you feel like you're, you're getting something, um, but other people don't get it, you know, um, you know, again, like trust, trust yourself. Um, and, you, you know, uh, we need more people that kind of uh, break away from the herd and uh, and mm-hmm. we need more trailblazers. Th- those people are always celebrated um, may- maybe, maybe a little too far after the fact. Um, some, and I, I remember in some business classes or, that I took as well, it would be like, um, you know, you could be out there on the dance floor by yourself, 
um, one person could join you, you have a partner, you know, if you could convince like three people to join you, you have a movement. So keep telling your story, Preach. keep sharing it. And, um, and, and eventually, you, you know, you might be leading a movement. Wow, what a trailblazer. Yeah, I, <laughs> I just think in hearing you talk about creating this sense of solidarity, but also, you know, people having the courage to be different and break away from the herd, um, kind of like the social norms. I, I was just, for example, I, the other night I was watching the show called Mrs. America, which was all about the feminist movement of the late 60s. And I mean, I think this can relate to now too, is that people, there's always going to be naysayers and there's always going to be people out there saying, oh, you can't accomplish this. This is too radical. This is too much. But the, you often see re- history re- repeating itself where you have those people breaking away from what is considered good or normal. And so I think that even you, I mean, not you specifically, but you're, you're a trailblazer. You know, the fact that you're, you know, not, you've been able to accomplish everything you have is just amazing. And I think that, you know, we have so much to learn from that. I also think like just the determination and motivation to go about your path the way that you did is super inspiring because I think like, you know, like you've said, everyone has a different, everyone's end. (laughs) That's a little weird, but you know, everyone's like, um, you know, goals are different or everyone's life path is obviously in some way different. But I think hearing from people with a certain degree of determination and motivation as to how they went about it is always beneficial because like Nick said, we have stuff to learn from everyone. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right. Would you like to do the F. Scott Fitzgerald? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, so, so this, uh, you know, I've picked from all different brilliant people and, and search for motivation at different times. Sometimes when you're pursuing something, um, you know, you can be so far into the tunnel that it's like you look back and it's black that way and you look forward and it's completely dark that way and, and you kind of lose where you are. Um, and uh, this quote is one uh, that, that kind of has has helped me uh, sometimes. And uh, it goes like this. It goes, uh, for what it's worth, it's never too late or, in my case, too early to be whoever you want to be. There's no time limit. Stop whenever you want. You can change or stay the same. There are no rules to this thing. We can make the best or the worst of it. I hope you make the best of it. And I hope you see things that startle you. I hope you feel things you've never felt before. I hope you meet people with a different point of view. I hope you live a life you're proud of. If you find that you're not, I hope you have the courage to start all over again. Woo! Wow. That's powerful. Did you, what, when did you find this quote? Did did it hit you at a specific time or when did you Um, discover You know, um, I, since high school, have been fascinated with The Great Gatsby. That one kind of, that one hit kind of hard. I've just always been interested by issues of class. And um, and Mm -hmm. so that, so that book, uh, you know, was kind of special for me. So um, uh, just kind of, um, it's been, it's been around there. It's been kind of been floating in the the ether. And, um, you know, sometimes it it kind of resurfaces. But um, yeah. Yeah, that's a powerful quote. It is. 
it definitely is. And I think that it really speaks to, I mean, from what I'm observing is that your message, um, your sounding message to the audience and to us and to everyone else is that you can break apart from who people think you are and you can wake up one day and say, I'm going to do this. And it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks and just defying social constructs out there and, you know, doing what you want to accomplish. So I think that you really speak to that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, if, if that's the message that, that, that's been um, sort of conveyed, then, then uh, I'm, I'm proud of that. I'll, I'll take that any day. Well, Nick, it was so nice having you on for our podcast tonight. And we really genuinely appreciate you so much for being willing to tell us about your experiences. Thank you so much for having me, Sam, Kat. I appreciate it. It's, it's, it's been such a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you so much. All right. Bye, guys.